There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of In My Truth. I'm so happy to be back and recording again. Yesterday, just yesterday, I recorded my episode with Zoe, which was amazing. I hope you've all had a listen. Gives a little context as to why we didn't record for a little while. And today I have my guest who is the man that I was talking about in my podcast <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so luckily you can't see me because I'm probably a little bit red. You are right a little now. bit red. <laughs> um, okay, so I have Joe Hawley here with me in my house in Colorado and he is an amazing man that I am in love with. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you. Um, we, I, I mentioned a little bit on my last episode, but we met... We've known each other for over a year through the Aubrey Marcus Fit for Service Fellowship. I've had a bunch of FFSs on the show, um, but we never really like hung out or connected, which is kind of weird because most of our best friends from the fellowship are the same. <laughs> Pretty wild actually. Really. Yeah. Um, wow. And a week before the current situation, the current self-isolation period we were at a plant medicine retreat in Minnesota with our other dear friend Alex Nelson who's also been on the show and we just connected and we had a really really great connection we actually sat in ceremony next to each other which mm -hmm. was really beautiful and um 
Yeah, it was amazing. And we were chatting the whole rest of the week and I was meant to be going to Austin the following week, but you were going to be away. And it was, we were talking about how I was going to be there, but then you were going to be away. And then you ended up deciding to cancel and a bunch of stuff got canceled and, and to end up being back in Austin. And at the same time, all my reasons for Austin <laughs> canceled, but I made the decision to go down there anyway, because I wanted to see you. <laughs> mm, I'm so glad you did. And then we went and we hung out one night and then we decided that we would quarantine together. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do this? Do you want to quarantine together? Yeah. And so we did. And it's been really fun. And I'm How long super, has it been? A month? I guess it's been about a month, I think. Wow. Four, One of the best weeks. months of my life. Aww, love you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing. I feel really blessed. Like I feel blessed in many ways. I feel blessed to have fallen in love with you. Like that is such a beautiful experience, but I feel blessed just to be in your presence and to be quarantining with someone who is so conscious and so introspective and so willing to talk about all the things that I love to talk about and to do the work and we have freedom, your beautiful dog as well. So it's just been a really beautiful time, I suppose, to be with the two of you. How amazing is this quarantine for all the dog owners out there? The dogs probably love it. Freedom is so happy. She's seen more of me in the last month than she has. <laughs> I travel a lot like you, so she's really happy to, to be having us home. Yeah, she is. So anyhow, that's the story. That's our love story. But how about the story? Of, Just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> how about the story of you, Joe? Tell us a little, I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit before we jump into some my life story. Just a little, just a, just a little, just one. brief. Just let you guys know. You're writing, a, you're writing a book. So people can read the full details when, okay. when they read the book, but tell us who just you are. Just the cliff notes. Um, grew up in Orange County, California. I uh, went to school at UNLV in Las Vegas, played football, got drafted in 2010 by the Atlanta Falcons, played five years there, and then uh, ended up getting released and then going and playing down in Tampa Bay for the Buccaneers for three more years. So I played eight years in the NFL and it was a childhood dream. I lived it out and it came to a point where uh, my body was breaking down and I just didn't didn't have the same love for the game anymore. And my heart was pulling me and drawing me to do something different. I didn't really know what that was, but I answered the call. I walked away from the game. Um, I ended up giving away all my possessions to charity and I bought a van and traveled the country for a little less than two years. And it's an experience that completely changed my life. Um, I've learned a lot about who I am. Uh, you know, walking away from football, there's a bit of an identity kind of crisis that happens, I think, with all athletes. Um, you know, I think anybody that goes through a big transition in life, which happens to everyone. And, um, you know, I've kind of gone on this journey, this chronicle of like learning about who I am and finding out a lot of amazing things and uh, connecting with a lot of amazing people, um, including you. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Mm, thank you so much for coming. Um, obviously, we could talk forever about you know, who you are and what you've done and everything. But I know that we want to talk today about, um, I guess. What's the name of the podcast? In My Truth? In My Truth, okay. yeah. <laughs> I know that we're here today to talk to talk about a couple of things. And I guess I opened with how we connected, which was at a plant medicine retreat mm. in Minnesota. So, yeah. And we are we have done like seven ceremonies, I think, <laughs> in the last six weeks or whatever it's been yeah. since Minnesota. Yeah, a variety so of different ones. We're definitely, um, we, I think we both kind of 
uh, had a sense early on in this period of isolation that we wanted to use the time to do a lot of inner work because there is a lot of space right now for us as individuals, um, for everybody really, uh, along with, you know, you're writing your book and working on your business and I'm working a lot on my businesses, but there seems to be plenty of space to do work work and to do the inner work. So the ceremonies that we've done together have been amazing, but I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about your journey with medicine. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been beautiful. Um, you know, we've talked about this opportunity that's been presented to really slow down. I know both of us live life to the fullest and travel a lot and have so many experiences and you know, since I've been done with football, I've been, I've been traveling a lot. And so it's, it's been really nice to have an opportunity to slow down. I think it's collectively, there's a reason that mm-hmm. this is happening. As far as my journey with plant medicine, um, you know, one of the reasons you invited me on to this podcast is because I haven't actually publicly spoken about it. Um, it's, I've had a lot of resistance to that. Um, and the more I think about it, I think the resistance really is uh, what my family you know, specifically my parents might think, mm-hmm. um, and my friends that maybe don't understand, you know, some of my close friends do, but, um, you know, I think it's just doing a disservice to not talk about it because it has had such a profound impact on my growth and my healing. Um, when I left football, um, my body's beat up and I got into yoga, meditation, trying to be proactive with my mind. And then, you know, and I've, I've, done psychedelics in like a recreational sense, you know, I'd, you know, eating some mushrooms at some festivals and some, some concerts. And so I, I've been exposed to it, but then kind of diving deeper and, and reading a lot of books and learning about the effects it has on um, neurogenesis and neuroplasticity and, and growing the physiological brain mm-hmm. was a big draw to me, especially for ayahuasca. And, um, you know, when I first heard about ayahuasca, it was, I think my friends told me his dad had done it and he's like, yeah, you go down to the jungle in South America and you know, you, you trip your balls off for like 24 hours. And I was like, Oh my God, that like, I'm there's so much fear was brought up with me. Like, I don't know what would come up. What would I see? And like, what does that even mean? You know, cause mushrooms is one thing. It's like a perspective shift, but like visions and all that. And I was like, yeah, I'm like not even on my radar. Oh mm-hmm. no, thank you. When was that? When did you first hear about it? Um, probably three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. It was one of my ex teammates. Dad had done it, and he was talking about how he had gone down there, and he was a, a bit of an alcoholic. He wasn't like an alcoholic in the sense of like this is ruining my life, but he just drank a lot, and he did functional alcoholic. functional alcoholic. But he, not, he wouldn't even call himself an alcoholic. He just mm-hmm. drank a lot, right? Like a lot of people in our society, like drinking mm-hmm. is normal. Come home, have a few beers, and he went down there and he said that he didn't go down there because of his alcoholism. He went down there, you know, there's a variety of reasons, but he said he went down there and he, and it was, I don't know, 20 years ago or something now. Oh, wow. And he said he went down there and he said he hasn't had a drink of alcohol since. And I was right. like, wow, that's so profound. And then I started learning and I started following Aubrey and um, he talks a lot about psychedelics. And then I started reading, you know, a few different books and they're talking about his plant medicines specifically ayahuasca and how it, you know, creates new neural pathways and new neural connections in the brain that literally wouldn't be there without the medicine. And, um, so I was, I was really interested and started learning that, you know, that kind of medicine has a bit of a consciousness to it and it, it kind of calls you when you're ready. And, you know, I had a friend about half, I was probably about a year ago now, maybe a little longer. And a friend was like really interested in going and she ended up, 
invited me to go and I was like, okay, like let's do this. I ended up going and it completely was that Saltara? Oh, Saltara. Yeah. So that's, I think that's just a That was a week, before, yeah. week after, a week before you went. we were ships in the night or whatever you call it, sliding doors. I we would were. love if there was like some cameras on us <laughs> for the year we knew each other, but didn't actually know each other. Yeah, you were at Saltara the week after I was, I think it was. Yeah. Amazing. And that was my first experience with ayahuasca as well. So sorry to interrupt. I just think. No, it's yeah, it's amazing. And it, yeah, I just had a really profound impact on me. And I think, you know, you go on dieta before you you go to prepare your body and your vessel. It's very intentional. It's not, you know, a lot of psychedelics have gotten such a bad name and, you know, we call these, these plant medicines. These, there's a lot of tradition behind it. They, in Sotara, they do a really good job of bringing up, um, you know, actual shamans from the original tribes that, that serve this medicine. And so it's very intentional and in doing the dieta and cleaning up the body to go into ceremony. I got a lot out of that even before I drank the medicine because it, it really put a lot of attention on, my habits, my eating habits, what I was putting in my body, you know, drinking a lot of coffee. Um, I was taking a lot of Adderall. I was just like really into stimulants because I like to get stuff done, which I know a lot of people in our society, like it's just, just always trying to get more done. Yeah. So after doing ayahuasca, like a lot of those habits that I didn't even like, weren't even super aware of kind of like my buddy's dad, who's, you know, drank a lot of booze, but it was like, no, nah, it's not affecting my life. Like I'm just enjoying it. it just kind of slipped away. Mm. And like ever since then, I've I've eaten really clean. I've been way more in touch with my body and um, connected to to how I feel in my body and the stuff I put in my body and how it makes me feel. So, I, you know, I, I don't. I still enjoy, you know, drinking every now and then, but I definitely can tell if I have too much. Like I, I just feel like really off. Um, and just a lot of those habits um, fell by the wayside, and it's been really powerful. And I, it's completely changed my life. And along with doing intentional mushroom ceremonies, and you know, I've been very open to using these kind of modalities for healing and diving deeper into the stories that we tell about ourselves and, mm. and why we are the way we are and the triggers that come up with in us. And that's really beautiful. One of my biggest lessons has been my parents, which I know a lot of people, especially in our generation, you know, it's just, there's such a generational gap of how we relate to the world. And I've definitely connected with that. I've grown up in a really, religious household, uh, Christian family, going to church. And I always had questions, you know, always had a lot of shame, always felt like I wasn't good enough because I wasn't living up to the standard that the church put on us and my parents and had a lot of resistance to that. And along with a lot of other issues, you know, playing in the NFL and, and that really changed a lot of the dynamics, even in my friendships and my family, the way I was treated because, you know, it's, all of a sudden I'm like an all-star like football player and it just, mm -hmm. I could tell it just changes the way you're received by people. And it wasn't until, you know, last six months when I've been doing this work of deep healing that I've been able to relate to my parents. And, you know, even with my mom, I see it, it's, it's so beautiful. And I know you met her about a week ago when we drove up here to Colorado and just seeing the healing that's taking place. Every time I see her now, every time I talk to her, I just feel like she accepts me more and I accept her more. And it's, I had so much resistance trying to get her to be the person I wanted to be mm -hmm. and the mom that I needed and realizing like every time she said something and the trigger that would come up within me was not who she was or what she was doing. It was my relation mm -hmm. to it. And as I've healed that and I've, I've it's taken time, but 
conversations with her and I feel she says something and feel a trigger come up within me. I feel it coming up in my body because I'm way more connected to my body now and say, wait, what's that coming from? And I can breathe through it and just connect to love. And every time those things have come up and the process has come up over the last six months, like I can feel her soften Mm. and then I soften and then we are able to communicate openly and lovingly. And it's hard because I love talking about spirituality and, you know, I've, I've, I'm really blessed that I grew up in a Christian household that made me go on this journey because I had so many questions Mm -hmm. and became a seeker of truth to find my own answers. And I've learned all about different religions and spirituality. And I just have a very open mind and I love talking about this stuff. Like I love exploring ideas and you know, it's all like, I love connecting with the idea that like, what do we really know? Mm -hmm. Um, not that much and everything that we talk about and discuss they're just belief systems right Mm -hmm. so like what i believe and what you believe it could be two different things but there's no way that we nobody knows what it actually means or what we're here for or why we're even in these humanoid bodies like like what you know it's it's wild to explore those things um so just trying to explore them as ideas and beliefs and not attaching to them has been like a real journey i've been on and I know I kind of went all over the place there, but it's amazing. I totally relate to everything you're saying. And I mean, before we move on, I just want to say how beautiful it was for me to witness you and your mom and and for me to interact with your family as well. And just to, I I can very much relate and draw direct. um, What's the word? Like I can see life before ayahuasca and life after the way that I am. And I feel like that's a lot of what you're, describing and it's this kind of compassion that we can have for everybody being exactly where they're at also this understanding that there is no universal truth like every single thing in the world is just completely made up Mm. everything we made it all up every look around the room think about all these structures and things in your life your job like every single rule that we ever think about is just made up and when we can soften and just open to the possibility of just that is infinite and we can approach conversations with that um, in mind then we can have these more open conversations Mm -hmm. and I can only imagine that you know potentially prior when you were first having questions about religion and everything you know there was probably kind of like probably more adversarial and wanting to get to like wanting and defensive natures on both mm-hmm. sides. Whereas when we can just be open, like, what about this? I wonder what this is. Well, that's interesting. And not kind of being looking for like the right or wrong, the black or the white, the good or the bad, like the, there is no line. Like everything mm-hmm. is just, it just is, it's just belief systems. It's just, and I think um, ayahuasca helps you unravel and unpack, not just ayahuasca, all, all plant medicine I've found and other breath work and other ceremony and just journaling and working with therapists, but unwinding all of these structures and belief systems and conditioning and everything that we've kind of agreed to as we were born to where we are now. It's like so amazing to start to free ourselves from all of that. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Even I just, thought about connecting with before I even went on this journey of doing this deep healing. Like I had to go through a lot of that with my football career of every time I, I, I reach a ceiling of what I thought was mm-hmm. capable. And in order to make it to the next level, I had to question those beliefs about, am I worthy of doing this? Am I capable of doing this? Do I belong here? And I have to overcome those. Mm-hmm. And so that taught me that the, the power of the mind to create your own reality. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the beliefs that we do have were planted there at a young age, either by our parents, our peers, our friends, 
or society or church or religion. And questioning those beliefs is hard. It's difficult. And it's, it's not for everybody because when you start questioning those beliefs, it's like, at, at times, yeah, it's like pulling the rug out from under you and your whole reality kind of crumbles. And I think, you know, a lot of people talking about psychedelics and the fear around it is, you know, they t- a lot of people talk about the ego death and it's really, you know, I would say a, a quote unquote bad trip isn't, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a bad trip. It's all of a sudden you, your reality that you live in, all of a sudden you realize it's, it's not very solid. Mm-hmm. It's very fluid. It's, it's, it's kind of made up mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of scary at first and having to rebuild it. Um, but I think that we live in an amazing time and this is an amazing opportunity. And I feel like a lot of people are waking up to the fact that we can choose the reality we want to live in and create the reality we want to live in and question the stories that we tell, tell ourselves and, you know, create, like do things that, you know, seemingly weren't possible before and really try and push the limits. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's what I feel like I want to do. I want to explore these deeper questions and continue to push the limits on what is possible and, you know, create change and help, help people raise the vibration of the planet. We're like in a global psychedelic trip right now. <laughs> it is all ceremony. <laughs> like we're in it, like mm. we entered and now we're in it and some of us are having a bad trip Yeah. and some of us are like getting deeper insights and exploring more of themselves and we're all gonna the trip will end and then it'll be like wow okay what do we take from that trip mm. which is i don't know that just occurred to me but it's like and i think for those of you you know listening who maybe haven't done um plant medicine i guess like I was scared as well. Like I was terrified. I had a bad trip when I was younger um, on LSD when I was about 16 or something. And it was scary and it was dark. And I, the hallucinations I saw were really vivid and really, you know, terrifying. And I was doing it in a party context. There was no intention. Mm. There was no ceremony. And that scared me off psychedelics forever um, until I was also called to ayahuasca until Saltara. Um, and, and I still, my first experience with ayahuasca was actually very beautiful Um, and I was back in January and I had a much darker trip, um, which I'm grateful for because I also moved through it and I got just as much, if not more from that experience. Um, but I think that is a really big fear for people, but it's like it, once we move through it and come out the other end and we see all of the lessons that we gain, we realize like once again, there is no good or bad. There's no good or bad trip. There's just what you need to just, grow. Yeah. Just discovery, just learning, mm. just depth, just yeah. answers to questions. <laughs> I, yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, that's this whole reality. Like we all go through things that happen to us that we can perceive as the worst thing ever, mm-hmm. you know, getting in a car accident, losing your job, global pandemic, we can get stuck inside, like whatever it is, but everybody, like you realize you have a choice mm-hmm. and it's like, can, what do I have to learn from this? Like, what can I take from this? Mm-hmm. What is it trying to teach me? And that's what the plant medicines do. It's they kind of bring to to the forefront of your mind, like the things that you really need to work on. And sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's really hard. And, you know, going into those ceremonies, it's, you know, it takes a special kind of person to do this kind of work and to to go deep and look in the mirror and and do the work on yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's really all we have is our perception of reality. Everything else is just, you know, pretty much an illusion of of our minds anyway. Mm -hmm. You mentioned at the start of our discussion that, you know, you haven't really talked much about plant medicine. And I actually remember the very first real conversation we had was while everyone was preparing dinner in Minnesota. 
and this is what we talked about. You were telling me about you want to write the book and you're not sure if you're going to write about plant medicine. You've never spoken about it, but you were starting to explore this concept that without sharing it is really, you know, it's such a big part of your story. I think mm-hmm. to use the words that you spoke something like that to me. Um, can you talk more about like what your fears are right now as we sit here? My fears of talking about it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's how it's going to be viewed um, from, you know, especially from people that don't understand it. Um, you know, nervous that it's going to get, get in the way of all the work I've done with my parents to heal those and, you know, them, you know, they already think I'm crazy, but to, you know, it's just got this, like this idea that, you know, going off and doing all this like weird stuff and you're, you're, you know, you're going insane and like the stuff you're talking about. Um, so there's a little bit of fear of that. Um, but, and like I created a, a brand that I, you know, get nervous about what happens if this affects that, which mm. I've worked through that. Like I really, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, I think playing football as an NFL guy, I think there's a little bit of that, of that persona and then stepping into this and, you know, there's just this fear that I've changed so much. And if I talk about, oh, I did this plant medicines, I went down to the jungle and drank this, this plant that, oh, that's, then people will be like, oh, that's why like Joe's acting like so different and stuff. And it's like, so but amazing, it, but it really, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it feels, it feels good to talk about it. I'm, I'm definitely, I think it's such an amazing tool to help heal individuals and heal our planet collectively. And what I've learned is the only way to move forward and to heal the planet and to heal others is to heal ourselves. And it's been ah, fucking amazing to connect with that with my parents Mm. and like just going so deep into wanting them to be something and, and not living up to my ideal of what a parent should be. And, and then going in and, and doing the work on myself, I haven't changed them. There's nothing I've done to make them different. And I can see that they're receiving me more. They're loving me more. I'm loving them. And it's, mm. it's, it's because I can connect with compassion for them. You know, it started with, I'll take you through the journey. It started with these triggers and this, you know, wanting them to be different. And then it, it, when I first started doing this work, it, it became a gratitude. Like I was like, okay, I'm grateful for them and the sacrifices that they've made to get me to where I'm at because I wouldn't be where I'm at if they didn't weren't the way they were. Like if I didn't grow up in the church and feel all this shame and have all these questions, then I wouldn't be where I'm at because I wouldn't have gone on this journey to explore and find the truth for myself. So I'm grateful for that. Even though when I was younger, I'd be like, I, I wish, I wish my life was different. I wish my life was like those people over there. That guy has a good relationship with his dad. I wish I, you know, my dad was like that. And then it went from gratitude to, you know, compassion. Like, okay, I really see them now. Like I see the wounds that they haven't healed and the traumas that they've had and how that's come into their life and it's unprocessed and having compassion for where they're at. And they just did the best they could, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they love me deep down. They love me. And mm-hmm. even though I wish they were different, like they, they did the best they could and they loved me and I can connect with that. And so I was like starting to soften me. It's like, okay, I can, I can see them. Like I love them. And then that turned into when I started having compassion and then these conversations and these interactions, I started noticing 
these triggers that were coming up within me. Like, okay, well, if, if my parents have compassion for them and they're, they're just trying the best they can, that what they're saying isn't, they're not saying that to hurt me. So whatever's coming up within me is my own shit. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking at like, oh, wow, what is that? Why is that coming up? Why am I getting so defensive right there? And being able to have awareness of that and breathe through it and then connect like, okay, that's just my own stuff. Like breathe through it. And then that slowly turned into, okay, now I can connect with like real love for them. Like I can see them. And now I can, I can really sit down. Like, I mean, you can, you tell when we were there last week, like I was just sitting down with my parent or my mom and holding space. And there was things that she was saying that normally would, would trigger me and would be like, get defensive or like, you know, this, that maybe about the childhood or the way my perspective was. And I just, you know, held her and I just literally sat there in love with love for her. Like, I, I love you, mom. Like, like just it's love like this mm, is all just so beautiful and it, i could just literally see her soften and accept and and there's nothing i said it's just it's just this vibration this feeling this emotion mm-hmm. you know like you can feel when someone loves you mm-hmm. i can feel the way you're looking at me right now <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing and so you know connecting with with that loving vibration and sharing that with others and people we love like that's really like witnessing that within myself has given me all the proof I need that this is the work that really matters. And this is what I want to share with people. And you don't need to do plant medicines to get there. Mm. You just need to have the courage to look in the mirror and question, why am I upset? What are these emotions coming up within me? Where are they coming from? What's the story I'm telling in my, to myself about my interaction with the world that's creating this story? Mm. Most of the time it's not your story. It's a story that someone told you is how you're supposed to live, you know, and society and these constructs and conditionings that we have, like you talked about earlier, it's all just a game that's made up like from people that came before us mm-hmm. and we were born into the system. And so why can't we moving forward, you know, affect the system, create a new system, build a better future. I mean, it's all right there for us. Mm -hmm. And it really starts by looking inward and healing yourself. There's nothing, you can't go, if you you have a bad relationship, if you have a bad relationship with your parents, your your partner, whatever it is, if you want them to change, you're you're never going to get there. No, and I mean, I think if I am really honest with myself at the times when I've been in that place where I've wanted someone else to change, I'm avoiding my own work. It's Mm -hmm. a lot easier to look at somebody else and expend all this energy and frustration outwardly at how they are and all that means is you're just distracting yourself or sitting in your own stuff your own triggers your own whatever you need to deal with and that onion that onion of self-work is infinite (laughs) you know and it's wild like really no matter how much work you do like there's always a deeper layer yep there's always something else and it's usually the deeper you get those those things are harder to see and that's why it's good hanging around other people doing the work because then it really is you're, it gives you permission to express and have conversations about, Hey, something's coming up within me. Like, can we talk this out and being able to be received? I think that's the power of, of surrounding the people that, that are doing the work as well. It is, it is. And I mean, you and I just in the last however many weeks it's been like, have been able to hold space for each other moving through all of these different things. And you were there a week and a half ago now when we did that breathwork ceremony with Claudia, which we should definitely put in the show notes because her, her breathwork is amazing. Very powerful. Yeah. And we took a little small, I took half a gram of mushrooms. I think you took a whole gram or something yeah. like that um, of psilocybin and went into that breathwork. But that was one of the most powerful 
ceremonies I've had. And I was surprised, you know, I didn't expect to go in and go drop so deep into something, but I did. And, you know, when we talk about the layers, what was, what's fascinating for me is sometimes you peel back a layer and you find there's a really nice layer there, you know, and I have spent as anybody who's listened to my show knows a good chunk of time the last couple of years, really digging through the pain and the trauma of my childhood. And there was a period in the beginning where I was very reluctant to do it because I thought, well, my childhood isn't that bad. So first I had to move through that to allow myself to heal. And I, I mean, you're nodding right now. I know so many people can relate to this where mm. we just don't want to dive in because, you know, we think we're selfish or, I mean, really it's just resistance to go in and heal, but we, we feel that we don't even deserve to maybe, or it wasn't bad enough. But anyway, I nothing's did. wrong with nothing's those. wrong. Yeah. Fine, yeah. But I did, I went in and I, you know, dug through all of the mess and I pulled it up and I broke myself to pieces and then I found myself again on the journey. But something really profound happened last Sunday evening in that breath work where I was flooded with good memories of my childhood, all of the most beautiful memories that I had forgotten. And it just struck me when you talked about the layers because that was another layer and it was an unexpected layer and it was a beautiful layer that I got to because of all the work that I've done. And I saw in front of me at toward the end of ceremony, all of my family, and it was my mom and my dad, my grandparents, um, aunties, uncles, cousins, my sister, just really my mom's best friends some really important people that had been there the whole, my whole upbringing. And they were all standing in a semicircle in front of me. And there was just like this golden orange light, which was love. And it was just between me and them. And it was flowing all everywhere. It was just expansive. And everyone was just like dripping in it and emanating it. And I just saw in that moment that it's all, that's all there ever was, was unconditional free flowing love. <laughs> that's all there ever was but I had all the stories that I had adopted and held on to and the shame and the just all of the darkness that I'd carried with me. And I needed to heal that to be able to reconnect with that unconditional love that was always there. And that was beautiful. And I'm so grateful that I was a part of it Yeah, because yeah, all this doesn't, it's not all dark. It doesn't have to be bad, but being able to see, the good, the love that's there for us that we've, we've been able to attach to for, you know, from our families and our friends growing up and detaching from the stories is, it's really profound. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing the power that we have to go into those states and do the work, even with just breath. And, you know, I think breath is, it's such a bridge from the conscious and the unconscious and connecting to the subconscious. It's, it's the only thing that we do unconsciously, like we don't need to think about, but then all of a sudden we can bring awareness to it and control our breath. But the majority of people go through the whole day without taking a conscious breath. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of medita meditation. And that's why they say when you're meditating, like focus on your breath, count your breaths in and out. And it's this bridge to like becoming conscious and aware of that, that breath and, you know, it's taking deeper breaths, gets more oxygen into the body. I mean, there's a lot of physiological things too. It's not just all this like woo-woo spiritual work and like it's it's really, really healing and powerful and such a tool. Mm. Yeah, I think what strikes me right now as well is this um, going, coming from myself, coming from a place of like having to do all this work just because of the state I was in to now, 
you know, like visiting it with intention, like deciding to do, to meditate every day, as you were just talking about, to focus on breath, to go into ceremony. I mean, sometimes it just happens to you and get thrown into it. Yeah. But um, because, I mean, both you and I, I think we've had in the last month, like a ceremony that wasn't really a ceremony. It was just like a sleepless night that yeah. I think you had one, I had one. Um, so these things happen to us. But I think when we go intentionally visit the potential shadows or the underworld or whatever you may want to call it of yourself, um, you start to build a relationship with doing that inner work. Like mm. it's so beautiful because it becomes less, you know, you're not forced there through numbing and escaping and running mm. away from that's what's been such a gift this last few, this last month or so has been like visiting regularly and doing that work. And I think what I've learned through plant medicine and through that intentionality of going into my inner work is to just trust whatever's going to happen because sometimes it's absolutely beautiful. Mm. Like it is the most connection, the most love, the most beautiful thing you'll ever experience. And other times it's dark and difficult and challenging, but either way you emerge like stronger and more expansive and more, I don't know, conscious or whatever we might want to label it. But it's, um, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your experience with that since doing ayahuasca the first time and like the different ceremonies and things you've done. Yeah. Um, I think it takes a, a little bit of mental toughness mm -hmm. to do this kind of work, to continue to go in and question the beliefs that make up your reality. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I've connected with this work so much and I've dove so deep is because of football and the mental tough that toughness that that created within me, you know, and every time I during training camp would wake up and be in so much pain and not wanting to go to go back to practice and go out and do it, do it all over again. And, you know, having to connect with something deeper within myself to go out there and show up and work through the pain. And it created this mental toughness mm -hmm. that like, I can do that. It created this knowing that I am strong enough to, to go out there. My mind is strong enough to push the limits of what I think is possible, what I think my body's capable of. And I take that into these ceremonies with me. And it's like this, this mental toughness. And I really connected the first time I went to ayahuasca where it was in this like, you know, ceremonial, traditional, intentional way. And I think there were 17 people down there and just connecting with like, there's all these normal people down there for various reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, it's their last hope. They're either, you know, addicted to drugs or it's super deep depression and they're there to try and heal themselves. And they found out about this thing that they're trying. And some people are there just to explore deeper, deeper um, levels of consciousness. And so it's just a wide variety. But after the first couple of ceremonies, cause we do four ceremonies down there. I just remember having this, this profound realization. I was just looking out at everybody while we were just hanging out. And I was like, wow, you guys are all warriors. Mm -hmm. and like like spiritual warriors like anybody that shows up and does this work like i have so much respect for you and i'm so proud of you because this is the work that matters and you know connecting with you know a lot of learning about trauma and like how we carry a lot of trauma in our physical bodies and a lot of people they they if they're unaware of like things, the stories that they create about the reality, but there's a lot of trauma that we carry that's ancestral. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to learn that you know, it's passed down from generation to generation. It's not even ours. Mm -hmm. And so to show up and do the work and question even those stories and do the work for everybody that came before us, 
like it takes a special kind of warrior and mental fortitude to do that. Mm -hmm. And anybody that's willing to show up to work, show up and do that kind of work, like so much respect and hats off to them. And, um, so I think having that kind of baseline of, of mental toughness to, to, to trust myself to go into these places and, and, you know, deeper levels of consciousness and come Mm -hmm. out and, just the, prof- the profound realizations I've had while in ceremony, just connecting with, you know, going to church and, and learning about God and the Bible and all these spiritual texts. It's funny. Like I always had so much resistance to the word God because I grew up in the church. I'm like, no, oh, like I like calling it universe or nature or source or whatever, you know, all these names for like the, in- the incomprehensible, like it's incomprehensible. We can't even name it. It's the unnameable. But God, just so much resistance to that, so much resistance to the Bible, even though I like loved reading all these other spiritual texts because that was like the one that like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And after doing ayahuasca, it went from from this belief in God to this, this knowing, mm-hmm. right? And it's through your own experience that you you find the truth within yourself and find out what God and the experience of God and what that means to you. And if someone says like, do you believe in God? It's, I can honestly say like, I know God. It's not even a belief anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I am so connected to what I think is truth because I've experienced through my own experience. And I love the saying that, you know, religion is the belief in somebody else's experience and spirituality is the belief in your own. Mm-hmm. And so when you have your, these own experiences, you kind of you find your own truth. And now I've been working through that resistance of God and understanding where all those belief systems came from and the more work I do. And I've actually gotten back into reading the Bible and it's fascinating reading some of these passages, especially in a lot of the Bible, there's a lot in the Bible that I just, I don't understand. It's just like a lot of like, you know, just filler stuff. But I think I really connect with like when like Jesus's life and his teachings and what he had to say, like the words are coming out of his mouth and revisiting those and looking at them and hearing them now after kind of going on this whole journey, coming back to it and seeing the profound truth that is coming in those teachings Mm -hmm. and how misinterpreted they are by a lot of people, by church, you know, and there's so much truth in the Bible in those words. There's so much truth in all religions and all spiritual texts. And it's very sad that we create this divisiveness. And I think it just comes back to beliefs, right? Because if, if I have a belief system and I believe that you can have your own belief system, then that means my belief system isn't really true. And it makes me question my own belief system. So in order to really connect to a belief, it means every other belief has to be false in order for mine to be true. Mm-hmm. And it creates the separation and this distance. And when you kind of rise a plane above, you know, and, and you see it for, for just all these, all these different cultures have these different religions. And we live in a time of globalization mm-hmm. where we have access to all this information Back a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, when all these like religions were created, we there was no contact. Everybody lived in their own bubble where they only needed one belief system because yeah. there was no one challenging it. And, they're all and trying it really to... was just their interpretation of that feeling of spirituality, of connection with spirit and source that we all, or most of us, I think, have. Mm-hmm. I feel like religion is what humans created to try to to make sense of make that sense experience. Of that, of that yep. They're all talking about that same experience, mm-hmm. but they have different ways to explain it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And like now we got to 
place where we can learn about all these different things. Like, oh, like I see the truth in all of it mm-hmm. and it's okay. And it's really all connecting to the same thing. And I love like, I love the, the saying, we're not humans who have spiritual experiences. We're spirits who are having human experiences. Mm-hmm. And when you connect to that, it just creates this, this oneness that everybody is here to learn, to grow, to connect, to have relationship and to just enjoy the experience of life. It doesn't like, there's not some humans over there that are having a different connection to God. Like if you believe in God, then everybody's got to be like the same, come mm-hmm. from the same God. Mm-hmm. Like there, there isn't multiple gods because you believe something different. It's, it's either God is everything created everything or it created nothing. Mm-hmm. And so just, yeah, done a lot of work and it's been beautiful to like really connect with my own truth and, and my own experience. And, uh, and nobody can take that away from me. Mm-hmm. Mm, thank you so much for sharing all of that stuff. I really related to what you were saying um, when you described uh, like during football, waking up and being like, Oh, I don't want to go like to this early morning training session, but you've got to just be the warrior and you've got to show up. And you know, like every time I go into ceremony, I kind of feel the same thing. And especially, you know, if I'm experiencing something new. So, I mean, you were with me on Sunday night when we did, or I did ketamine ceremony. We did, I don't know. You're like, okay, let's go back. Should we talk about ketamine? I don't know. Is it legal? No, none of this is legal. None of it's legal. (laughs) That's why I don't talk about it, but this is about coming out about it. So you were there with me on Sunday night when we did our first, both of our first ketamine ceremony. And like, I was so nervous beforehand. Um, I get nervous going into any ceremony. And I mean, ayahuasca for sure. I've done eight ceremonies now. And every single time I'm pretty much like, well, I mean, the first time was definitely the scariest, but I'm still, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, yeah. you don't know where every you're going. Every single experience is different. Mm-hmm. And I've had ceremony, I, of, of those eight, I've had some that are very benign, like nothing is really going on. And then I've had one of, if not the most beautiful experience of my life. And then I've also had, you know, some, some darkness in there. So there's always this, this hesitation and this fear and this, you like, I find I am channeling that inner warrior to show up and to go and to just do it. But yeah, the first ketamine ceremony I ever did was on Sunday night and I was really scared going in. Like I didn't know what it was and I didn't know what it was going to feel like. And I didn't know what we were going to get, but I trusted you know, I did it. I showed up. I trusted that we were setting the intention that we had been called because I think I feel that we had the, the path that led us to decide to do that on Sunday night. Um, it definitely felt like we were called. And I think that's how I felt with ayahuasca. It's how I felt when I started using psilocybin, which was after I'd done mushrooms a little bit as well, recreationally. But after my first trip to Soltara, I have felt very called to do a psilocybin ceremony and I did. And it was really beautiful and have been using it ever since. But um, yeah, you saw me, I was like nervous and anxious and I had like all this like, you know, uh, nervous energy, but it was amazing. And what really struck me was when we go into these things with consciousness and intent, which we did, I was able to view it. And I, I don't think I had the conscious awareness of this process with ayahuasca, but it makes sense to me now of like getting to know this medicine, like doing a dance, introducing ourselves, saying hello, understanding who the medicine is and who I am and how we can work together. And that I feel to be very um, like enlightening and something that I can work with in the future to understand like when I'm going in to experience something new because there are other 
plant medicines that I want to experience and I do have fear around it but reframing that fear as like okay we're going to get to know each other and we're going to understand how we work together and I yeah I, I think if I can go into it with that mindset it's like takes away some of the fear and like allows a little more space for trust yeah I think going in with really solid intentions with respect for the medicine with humility and using it in a, a safe ceremonial container is really like I've learned is so powerful. And I've been getting into a lot of men's work lately. And there's this, there's this company called every man where they're trying to bring this work and men, like help with men's emotional intelligence and helping them process. Not and, plant medicine, not plant medicine, right? All of the work outside of that. Yeah. yeah. And I went to one of their retreats recently and, you know, I've been doing all this work, doing different ceremonies, doing plant medicine. And, you know, I feel very called to help, you know, spread this message of healing and not necessarily, I have had a lot of resistance like we talked about of sharing about plant medicine. And so I've had this kind of trying to figure out how do I bring this work to people? It's not, I don't, you know, plant medicine isn't the answer for everybody. It's not mm -hmm. something everybody should be doing because it takes, you know, a lot of courage to go into it and do that kind of work. And I went to this, retreat and I was blown away by, you know, these facilitators, they had experience with ceremonies and traditional medicine and all this stuff. And they created these safe containers, but it was, there's no plant medicine, but it was really traditional. They created a safe container ceremonial ceremonially, and they brought a lot of intention in it. They had the guys, you know, come up with intentions and it just blew my mind that the process that these guys went through some just normal guys, businessmen, pilots, guys that, you know, just, just are trying to heal themselves in like this way. And they're literally, I saw some of them processing physical, like physically, like kind of purging, kind of like ayahuasca, like energetically through their bodies, like either crying heavily. Um, some of them were like, you know, yawning or, you know, maybe even shaking, moving this energy out of their body because, it was the first time they were able to really have a safe place to, to process their feelings and then connect with how that feels in their bodies. And our bodies hold a lot of trauma. And if something comes up and we hold on to it, we're not allowed to process it, then it, it stays there mm -hmm. and it, it creates, it manifests in physical disease. And especially in our society, it's been really, you know, it's not okay for men to cry or men to show emotion. It's been this old story of we have to be tough. We have to be strong. And so I think this new movement of men's emotional intelligence and creating this safe container, bringing balance back to the feminine is allowing space for guys to process. And it really connected with like, whoa, like you don't need to go dr down to the jungle and drink ayahuasca to get this powerful work. It's really about the intention you're setting, the container you're setting and you know, the power of, of ceremony. It doesn't have to be, you know, doing mushrooms. If you just create your own little ceremony, come up with a journal mm -hmm. and sit in silence for 20 minutes and just light a candle and really create an intentional space for yourself and sit there, do some breaths, come back to center and ask a question. I guarantee you're going to get some answers mm -hmm. and you're going to get some kind of knowing coming through yourself. And just because you're intentional about it and creating that container. And so, that's the work that really matters. And that's the bridge. That's how we bring it into a larger form into society. It's not about everybody needs to go drink my ayahuasca. It's like, how can we create this for everybody to really just start healing themselves and looking inward? Mm.
And I love that you're working on this. I love that you're, um, I mean, you're building a business around it ultimately, which is super exciting to, to witness. And I really know it's going to be so powerful and so impactful. You're such a gift to the world and a oh gift my gosh, to all Thank you men. so much. You're a gift. You're a gift to me. You're helping me so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about all of this. I think it's. Yeah. Fun. Well, I'd love to hear anybody who, who listens to this. I would love to hear from you and, uh, and your, your perspective on, I am a little bit nervous about, you know, releasing it still. And it's, it's this is a big thing. It's, mm-hmm. I'm coming out of the, out of the closet, so to speak about my plant medicine, but I think it's really going to be healing. It has been healing to, to talk about it. And I just want to continue to, to show up in my truth and be as open as I can. Um, mm-hmm. cause I think that gives permission to, for others to do the same. And I know just witnessing you over the last month and how open you are and the work that you do has inspired me to show up in that same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank, thank you. you. Oh, what really comes to me and what, why I feel, you know, we're even having this conversation right now. And it was so beautiful when you said it in Minnesota was just, it wouldn't be real for me to not share this thing that has been such a profound part of my Mm. healing. And so I honor you for stepping up and letting people see and giving people the choice as to whether or not that resonates with them, whether or not they want to go down that path, whether or not they feel cold, that's their choice, Mm. but you're not, keeping half the story away from them. Mm. And I think that's so beautiful. Thank you. I really feel that. Thank you. Oh my goodness. We should do this again. We should. (laughs) (laughs) We should talk about your show. You're going to come on my podcast, which isn't even a thing yet, but we're working on creating it. And yeah, we'll record tomorrow maybe. Quantum coffee. Quantum coffee, conversations about the unanswerable questions of the universe over a cup of joe yes a cup of joe i love that no pun intended <laughs> and yes, it's, pun intended. it's one of the reasons why i love you so much because i just love being around you and talking about all of these unanswerable questions so i'm super excited for your podcast because i think many people actually like to talk about this stuff and dive in and think about it so very excited for that yeah what do we really know i don't know Thanks for listening to this episode of In My Truth. You can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcasts or sarahregelhuth.com forward slash In My Truth podcast. To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregelhoof.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.